Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Alex King and Bill G. Today is Tuesday, August the 13th, 2019. It is 8 a.m. in New York and 5 a.m. Los Angeles time. That would be 1 p.m. in London, 9 p.m. in Tokyo, 10 p.m. in Sydney, and God knows what other time in any other time zone. But wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And leading up to the podcast today, we, we were talking about... Uh, uh, a new twist on an old topic, and that is learning how to maintain our focus on things that we really want. And, and we were kind of sharing war stories and so forth and thinking maybe we should turn this into an actual topic today. So I'm just going to continue our conversation that we'd already started, and hopefully we won't say anything that will confuse people because they'll say, you know, well, where, where did that come from? And not realizing that we just talked about that five minutes ago. You know, so we'll we'll have to create segues, guys, okay? There you go. With me on that? All right. Yeah. Um, with, I'm all about the segues. You're all about the segues? Good. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we were talking about how, you know, it'd be great to be, have a way to retrain our brain. I was telling a story about, um, basically a story I've told before on the podcast about uh, like a year and a half ago, a year and a quarter ago, um, I needed to heal my, my ligaments and my knees because I was in agony. And facing up with how difficult it is when you are in pain, to shift your thinking. I mean, because you're in pain, and that pain is right there, you know? So <laughs> it's like it's almost like the hardest time to try to learn that. Yeah. I managed to do it, and other people have managed to do it. I did manage to do it for, like, split seconds at a time, even a second or two at a time, mm-hmm. and that produced amazing results because within a week, these knees that had been bothering me for months healed, which was fabulous. <laughs> Let me tell you, it felt a whole lot better. But uh, it would be nice if we have a way to kind of retrain our brains to focus and imagine what we want to focus on without having to go through extreme pain to do it, without mm-hmm. having to go through an extreme circumstance. So I started asking myself, well, what would happen, for instance, if we were to do like little exercises, like right now I'm looking at a scene, like I'm, I'm looking at you guys right now on the video because we're, we're live streaming this. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at you guys and I'm I, let's say I'm looking at Alex's ears, okay? So Alex has her ear headphones on, which flash when she turns them on there. They go, they're flashing if you're listening to us <laughs> on the live stream. But um, they, uh, let's say I want to imagine that they weren't flashing while they were flashing. Ooh. See what I mean? So, I mean, now that's not something I'm going to have a lot of attachment to. When my knees are in pain, I'm going to have a ton of attachment to that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I want that pain ended now. Your mm-hmm. earphone things, your, your ears flashing is not something that's going to get me all worked up. Like, oh, God, i got to turn those off in my head. It's not right. that kind of a thing. So right. I'm thinking, wouldn't that make it easier? Not easy necessarily. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it make it easier to imagine that I don't see them flashing? That's the question I'm posing. I like that theory. What do you think, Bill? Is that something that, that could be trained? Um, I don't know. That's interesting because your your visual stimulus is still seeing them flash. That's right. Yeah. But if you believe strongly enough that you don't see them flashing, then I don't think you will see them flashing. Yeah. Uh, like... Kind of like when if the if you're want to take that out of your experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then or you either deliberately or undeliberately, or maybe you just there's a you don't believe that they flash. You just don't believe it, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't believe they flash, then you're not going to see them flashing. You might see them not <laughs> flashing, right? Yeah, and, and that is what happened. I mean, when I was practicing with my knees, which of course was not the ideal time to do it. I, I mean, mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. There were, like, these little moments where the pain subsided for a bit, and then it would come back, and then it subsided a bit after I tried it some more, and they came back. And I finally reached a point where they subsided so much that, wait a minute, it was gone. Oh, they went right. back. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think you can actually learn to do that. I, I think it actually ties into the neuroplasticity of the brain. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, actually, and, and actually it goes both ways. Because if you don't believe that something exists or you don't believe it's out and if it's outside of your uh, experience, you're not going to see it. Um, and a great example of that is when the uh, the Span- when the uh, the Spanish conquistadors first arrived in uh, South America. Right. Yes. The, the natives could not see the ships. Right. They had they, to be trained were, to see. They it. were they were there as plain as day, but they were they could not see them because they were it was so far outside of their experience. The only time they were able to actually see the ships is 
after the Spaniards were on the beach. <laughs> and, they're, wow. and they're like, where did you come from? Oh, we came from over there. And they're like, oh, my God, there's a ship. That, what, what, <laughs> that? what are those floating things on the water? <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, uh, there's a lot in the in our that's outside of our perception. And I, and I, I heard this uh, described to me once in a, um, uh, on a on a on a on a show that I saw once, uh, where our perception of the visual spectrum of you imagine the Empire State Building being the entire spectrum of light energy that is within the visual range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our perception here in this three D world is only the first three inches of bottom floor. Okay. Ouch. So our our perception is very, very, very narrow mm-hmm. compared to what is the reality of the universe. So there sense. is there is stuff that is all around us. There's reality all around us that we have no idea what it is because it's so far out of our experience range that mm-hmm. we have to change our vibration to a point where we can actually be able to even perceive it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so let me pose a, a, a thought problem. Or not a thought problem, sort of like a thought exercise. Okay. We, any of us can, like right now, I, I'm looking at my screen and I see the little player that I use to play the music, to play the, the theme music. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that player has a little green bar across the top. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Now, if I close my mind, my, my eyes and imagine in my mind that that bar is blue, if I really work it, I can make that bar blue. Now, as soon as I open my eyes, I see green again. But for right. that instant in time, it was blue. Okay. Mm-hmm. What would happen, do you think, if I just kept working and working and working on it's blue with my eyes closed and just imagining it's blue and just staying there and living with it and staying with it and living with it? I think what happens is if you do that long enough and you open your eyes for a moment, it's blue until it flips back to green. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And actually, yep. that's, a, that's a great thought. That's a great exercise. So if that's true... And if we kind of uh, extrapolate from the idea that Abraham teaches us, that a belief is a thought that we think over and over again, mm-hmm. well, what happens if we do a whole series of exercises, ongoing exercises, mm-hmm. where we're constantly pushing that boundary in that way and imagining, you know, okay, I have my eyes closed and there's no wind, but I have my eyes closed and I'm imagining that there's a breeze flowing past me. Yeah. Or I imagine that right now I am only hearing Bill's voice and not Alex's voice. Or mm-hmm. I am imagining that I'm standing even though I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. What, what happens if we do a bunch of exercises like that? I, I have a strong, strong suspicion that if we can turn that into a series of, of exercises that we do every day, we become fabulously powerful creators. And mm-hmm. actually, yeah, and actually, that they—that is a exercise that is done for people who are experienced paralysis. And yeah, they—they mm-hmm. yeah, they, part of their physical therapy when they cannot move is to imagine themselves moving. You know, mm-hmm. they can't move their arm. They imagine themselves moving that arm, and it becomes they—they're retraining their brain on how to move their arm, and that actually rewires the brain. And next thing you know, there aren't, they can move their hands again. Mm-hmm. There is a classic story from The Secret, the movie right, exactly. and book The Secret, about the guy who crashed the airplane. Right. And after he crashed the airplane, they told him he was going to be a vegetable for life, that he would mm-hmm. never be able to walk again. He'd never be able to right. do anything again. He, all he would ever be able to do is blink his eyes. But he refused to believe that, and he set a goal for himself to be able to walk out of that hospital by Christmas. Mm-hmm. And and he just did literally what you described. He right. his terms, he put it back together again. In right. his mm-hmm. mind, he started putting his body back together again, and he started imagining himself learning how to walk. Mm-hmm. And he ended up walking out of that hospital by Christmas, which blew right. the minds of all the staff of the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there's another example of it. Right. It, 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 I I really do believe what people have told us, what psychologists have told us, what um, brain researchers have told us that. Our brains are incredibly powerful and that we barely tap the surface. We barely oh, yeah, tap definitely. into their energies. Absolutely. I, I just, I have this really strong belief that if we can develop something along the lines of what we're talking about, we can immeasurably reach into the brain and do some well, stuff not, that we've never done before. It's actually not just the brain because it's also, they've, they've been finding that 
other parts of your body, so other organs of your body, also have consciousness. It's oh, yeah. part of your consciousness. <laughs> in fact, uh, it, I can't remember which researcher it was, one of the medical researchers who writes on stuff that LOA people like to read about, mm-hmm. um, talked about how the heart is actually playing a bigger role in brain activity than the brain does. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is really mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> But you think about that, you say to yourself, wow, there's a whole, if we can learn to retrain ourselves to, to basically, you know, focus the way we want to focus, wow, can you just imagine? I, I think it kind of blows the mind as to how far we could go. And it's not just the physical body. There's also the uh, the astral body, and there's also, you know, there's all these other aspects of it. And, and part of that uh, brain retraining or that uh, perception retraining is emotions as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Emotions are the strongest, uh, the, the powerhouse of the universe. Yes. Yeah. So what we're talking about here, I think, is how to harness that power. Right. Mm-hmm. In a way that most of the other processes that, that we have barely scratch the surface on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think about those processes. Meditation is a key one, right? Yes. A lot of people talk about meditation. Um, I actually have struggled with it in terms of getting results. I have gotten some results. I'm better at it than I was. Mm-hmm. But it also has struck me, meditation is a little hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean that, I, I don't mean that there's anything wrong with meditation. I just mean that meditation is about calming the mind. And when you, even when you successfully calm the mind, it's kind of hit or miss as to whether or not you're going to produce the result that you want. Because mm-hmm. what, what, what is left out of the discussion, so to speak, is you slow the mind down, you calm the mind, and then the mind focuses on what you want it to focus on. Well, that's mm-hmm. not always a given. You know, right, you, right. you're in a better state. You're in a better place right. when, when, but, you're, when you're relaxed. But actually, actually, law of attraction is a little bit, I mean, meditation is a tool. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is there's a lot of new research coming out about uh, the difference between the uh, the divine masculine and the divine feminine. Okay. Because uh, the divine masculine is all about um, doing and accomplishing. And meditation is part of that because you're you are actually doing something to accomplish a goal. For example, mm-hmm. I want to I want a glass of wine. Okay, so if I want a glass of wine, well then I got to go out and I got to grow some grapes and I got to smash <laughs> them and I got to and, and then I, and then I got to ferment them and then I got to put a bottle put them in a bottle and then eventually you know after a lot of hard work I can have myself a bottle of wine. That's the masculine attempt of, of mm-hmm. approach to it. The feminine, ah. approach, the, the feminine approach is I want a glass of wine and I would really like a nice wa- glass of wine and I'm going to wait and I'm going to just let the universe bring it to me because mm-hmm. I believe, <clears throat> I believe that, that glass of wine is already in front of me. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I'm just bought you a drink. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is the divine feminine work coming in. Mm-hmm. And so we're moving away from um, as a race, we are moving away from the divine masculine and moving into the divine feminine, where we are okay. in a receptive state rather than a doing state. Okay, that's and clear. So, um, meditation is actually the the art of meditation is kind of changing in that sense because now instead of because meditation is that part of that masculine, I'm going to quiet the mind so I can achieve a result. Mm-hmm. When the, the divine feminine is, I wish to achieve the result, I'm going to allow it to come. Mm-hmm. And so the, uh, people have been able to um, manifest a lot easier than, because uh, there's some of this manifestation stuff. You can be meditating for 70 years, you know, your entire life, you know, me- meditating three, four hours a day, or even, even as much as eight to ten hours a day. And then maybe you'll just start getting getting a glimpse of this because mm-hmm. you've you've gotten your your you're manually raising your vibration, mm-hmm. and now we're starting to come up with some shortcuts. And the reason why we're coming up with shortcuts is because we're now more receptive. We're reaching mm-hmm. a point in human evolution where we can now just be more receptive to it, and that's part of this whole ascension process that's going on. It's very very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I have been working on this meditation, uh, which does exactly that. We've taken a um, uh, a meditation that takes the um, the the Merkaba, which is a um, which is a, a divine a um, 
sacred geometry within the body within, that, that centers on the heart. And if you spin it, it raises your vibration. Now, there's a whole meditation that goes with this uh, by, uh, oh, gosh, I forget his name. Uh, my wife's been doing a lot of research on this stuff. And it's uh, the, the basis of it is an ancient Egyptian. Uh, there's, there's Sumerian stuff in there. There's, you know, there's a lot of uh, stuff that's been built up over the centuries. And um, this meditation, when I read through it, like this is a hard meditation because for each breath, there's a lot of visualization you got to do. Mm-hmm. So you basically got to memorize this 10-page thing just to even attempt the breaths. <laughs> so it's a lot, a lot of work. And so what we did was we were like, okay, let's see if we can employ the um, divine feminine here. And um, this book was written in the late 1990s. So we're, we're dealing with a different era here. And so what, I, what we did was with each breath, I um, went consulted the SRT charts and came up with some phrases. Um, and, you know, these are like life-affirming phrases. Uh, and they didn't make a whole lot of sense when you take them out of order and whatever. And so then we um, incorporated the Fibonacci spiral to it, which is a, a mathematical thing where if you um, – where the Fibonacci spiral is the basis of all geoma- geometry in life, uh, conch shells. And the if you take the tip of the Pyramid of Giza and you go out in this spiral using this mathematical formula – it hits every major stone, ancient stone structure in the entire world. And then it goes out further and further. And so it's a massive energy center. And so what you do is you sit and relax and listen to these phrases as we are using this mathematics, and it raises the vibration, and and you can get to that state a lot faster. And um, we've used it on a few clients so far, and it's it's been quite amazing. And... Once you really um, get that vibration going, um, that receiving becomes a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's it's just been it's been very very exciting. <laughs> and, and there has been a lot of attention placed on just receiving rather than making something happen. I, I realized I, I inadvertently used a phrase that probably was not the smartest phrase for me to use, which was trying to make something happen. Right. But, <laughs> The no, thing no, that I was, cool. the thing it's I was cool. trying to, cool. the thing I was trying to make happen really wasn't trying to make something come to me. It was mm. more along the lines of trying to get myself to maintain my focus the way I want to maintain my focus. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that I wanted to make happen. And and so when I said it's hit or miss, um, the hit or miss part is yes, you can calm your mind down in meditation. Yes. You mm. can get to a point where where you're just quiet. But meditation doesn't necessarily teach you to maintain your focus the way you want to maintain it. Mm-hmm. What what it will do is it will, if you keep at it, it I mean, the, the med- basic meditative process is, okay, you start focusing like on a sound or just on a thought or on breathing or whatever, yeah. and then your mind gets distracted, and then you pull it back again, and then mm-hmm. you go for a little bit more, and you get distracted, you pull it back until you have this ongoing process of bringing your mind back, bringing your mind back, bringing your mind back. Mm-hmm. And that does, to a certain degree, help you learn how to maintain focus to a degree. Yes. But what here's here's I won't say my objection. It's my it's my point that I'm trying to make about um about meditation. Meditation itself won't teach you to maintain focus when you need to maintain focus. Mm-hmm. What it will do it will, is it will help you to focus better, right. but right. it won't it won't take you to that next level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I, I really believe that's the main reason why people get frustrated with meditation. Yes. Mm-hmm. It isn't so much that they can't make stuff happen, although that certainly is the way they express it. Right. It's that they can't they can't experience the improvement. Mm-hmm. And that experience of the improvement, I think, is the really really big deal. Because once you start experiencing something, mm-hmm. you start to believe it better. And as you believe it better, then you want to do more of it. Right. I, I think that's the missing component where meditation is concerned. Not that there's anything wrong with meditation. Don't right. get me wrong. I'm not dissing meditation. I'm just saying that's the part that we were, we're lacking, so to speak, at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also actually really good to, when you are beginning this process, is to have somebody to talk to to um, evaluate where you've been and where you're going. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've, I've been seeing a, uh, a client lately who was in a very, very dark place when she started out with me. And... 
through the process of doing these exercises and doing the clearings and whatever, um, her life has already started to change. You know, mm-hmm. she's, she's had some more confidence. She has the ability to stand up for herself more, more than she's ever had in her whole life. Mm-hmm. But without her coming to me every week to discuss this, she would have been pretty unaware of it to the point where she may have even gotten dis- distract, uh, discouraged. Mm-hmm. Because, sure. okay, my life hasn't changed all that much. And, and then, you know, I'm sitting there saying, are you kidding me? This and and I list off all the things that she done, did for the last week, and then I ask her, "Would the old you have even thought about doing mm-hmm. this stuff?" And she'd be, and then she sits there and is like, "Wait a second, no, no, I would not have even, I would not have even thought of doing that." And it's like, mm-hmm. "Okay, there's your there's your benchmark to mm-hmm. show that you there is there is actual improvement going on here because when you're uh, doing this work by yourself, and I've, I've done this work by myself, and I, so I can attest to the frustration that comes along with it. Because you, if you, unless you're journaling it, unless you're going back and reading the journals and seeing where you've been and where and, and where you're going, um, it just bec- it's a, a something natural, and it, it's just you're so, okay. Myself talk, myself talk, and I'm you know I'm just going to get along my day and whatever. Mm-hmm. But without any basis of comparison, you don't really know if you're actually improving or not. And I see your point. Uh, and that's something that kind of ties into what I'm talking about. I mean, certainly all, almost all of my, uh, not all, but almost all of my co-hosts are coaches. They're life coaches in one form or another. You do the SRT. Linda does the energy work. Cindy's more of a traditional um, relationship coach. Joel is, is a specialist in particularly with kids. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of stuff that's right. going on that shows that coaching is really, really a valuable way of right. being able to help a person move along. But there's also the other side of it. The other side is how do you do it yourself? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to me, I'm not, when I hear someone say, well, I can't seem to get there myself, but I can get there with a coach. I say to myself, yeah, you're one step away from being able to do it yourself. You're right. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And, and really that's what, I mean, I know that's true for all of you guys. All good coaches ultimately want their clients to be able to go off and do it themselves. Right. They, don't, they don't want you to be dependent on them, right? You know, that's, that's the nature of a good coach. If you have a coach who's not doing that, fire the coach. Right, right. <laughs> Seriously, right, Alex? I mean, yeah. why would, why would you want to have a therapist who's not doing the therapy in a way that's trying to get you off of therapy? Well, that, right. that's, that's actually funny, you know, because that's the old model. The old model is, you know, we're, yeah, we, oh, yeah. we create codependent relationships, and I won't, I, I absolutely <laughs> refuse to do that. <laughs> I mean, Alex, I mean, you, you deal with a lot of therapists, you deal with psychiatrists and so forth. Facts. Is there one of them? Is there even one of them anymore who wouldn't who who would not adopt that viewpoint that I want to get you off of having to come to me? Uh, actually, my psychiatrist said that to me last week. So there you go. He said yeah. that he wants us to get to the point that God forbid, if anything happened to him, some any other random person could pick up my file and go, oh, okay, we can continue this and not have any issues. Okay, well that's an improvement. I, I'd like to see him take it one step further and say. You don't even have to have a file anymore. You don't have to have somebody taking care of you. <laughs> the way my issues are set up, I this and the way I met that um, insurance is set up, that that won't be a possibility. <laughs> 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 because I, I will always need a psychiatrist because I will always need medication for the, for just the way that my brain synapses work. And but to do that uh, with my insurance, you have to have a therapist to make sure you're not abusing your meds or whatever, whatever have you, just to, ch- just to check in. So, yeah, they'll always be in my life. There's always a need for checking in, and, and that's yeah. something mm-hmm. I, I encourage with my clients, even the ones that have been able to do it on their own. They don't need to see me on a weekly basis or a monthly basis. I say check in in, in six months. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, even with my therapist, I honestly don't need a therapist. I just... Because of what Mass Health says, I have to have one. So that was, that, that's a story all by itself. We we could go off on a whole rabbit trail on that one. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but I've actually gotten to the point with other therapists where they're like, uh, "I feel like we need to refer you to somebody else because I, we have nothing to talk about." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. There's, you know, you're not stressing out, you're not struggling. Like, you're just literally here because you need because Mass Health says so. Right. So, 
I mean, I, I just boggle when I think about this. But <laughs> <laughs> put, putting aside what the the powers that be want us to do where health is concerned, mm-hmm. I'm still determined. I'm 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 really believing strongly that what would help a whole lot of people is having some kind of methodology where they can basically take control and take charge of their own healing, right. of their own development, of their own issues, of however you want to phrase it, so that you don't have to depend on an outside professional. Not that there's right. anything wrong with a professional. It's just I really think the goal should be let's get the professionals out of our lives eventually. Let's go for that point. Mm-hmm. I would say the first step of that is to establish a benchmark, which establish a baseline where you are right now. And um, there are lots of books out there with, with all kinds of uh, questionnaires that you can answer about where you are right now in mm-hmm. your life and in your thinking. Mm-hmm. And then pick a methodology that works, that, that appeals to you because there's lots out there. No kidding. <laughs> and pick one that, that speaks to you. And then after doing the exercises faithfully, you know, you got to do it faithfully. You can't just say, you can't just try meditation for five minutes and say, okay, I did it. Now what? <laughs> you have, you know, you got to give it real, uh, give it the, the good old college try mm. and then go back to that assessment, that baseline and see where, and, and take stock of where you're at. If you are, if your attitudes and thoughts are the same as they were before or very, very similar, then choose a different method. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the one that you picked isn't working for you. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. and then same thing, whatever. And, and I, I do, I mean, as I, I, I hear you when you say get the professionals out of your, out of our lives eventually. Yes. I think that is an, an ultimate goal. Uh, but right now we have a, we have a, a populace that has, um, we, we are, Babes in the woods. And I, and I feel like a babe in the woods a lot of times, too. And having that uh, person helping you guide through it. Because, again, therapists are the, some of the most messed up people you will ever meet in your life. No kidding. Facts. Facts. <laughs> That's There's why a reason that therapists, therapists have, have therapists. That's absolutely it's right. Why, it's why we became therapists. We became th- therapists uh, because we needed a lot of self-healing. Mm-hmm. And so usually therapists started out in therapy mm. or they started out knowing that there was something wrong and they started doing some self-help stuff. They found a coach or whatever. And then they discovered that, Hey, I need a lot of work <laughs> and Hey, I can, sh- I have this, uh, the enough empathy that I can help other people through this process as well. And that's mm-hmm. why they become therapists. And, um, it's, uh, uh, so uh, you start talking to your therapist about what the stuff that they've gone in through in their lives, and you're like, okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, thank you. I feel much better now. I mean, I went into this with the attitude that I'm pretty okay, and I'm going to learn this stuff to help people. And mm-hmm. then when I started doing the work, I started seeing the mirrors in the, my clients. Right. Like mm-hmm. a year ago, all the – the only people I was really attracting into my practice were people who were unwilling to do the work themselves because I yeah. was unwilling to do the work myself. And then when I started becoming willing to do the work myself, when I realized that, Hey, you know, Bill, you've got issues <laughs> and you need, <laughs> and you need this work just as much as your clients do. Mm-hmm. And then I started attracting people who actually wanted to do the work and mm-hmm. it was great. It was, uh, and, and now I, you know, I'm in a, position now I, I absolutely love my work i love my clients i love every single one of them and uh when they come in i this past weekend with the at the mind body soul expo i got 10 new clients and i great. love it. congratulations it, it was great it was great it was great it was a lot it was a lot of fun and every time somebody would sit down i was like we're we're gonna have an experience and this is gonna be great mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, afterwards, <laughs> and then afterwards i'd be like Okay, we just did some heavy-duty energy work. This is what you're going to expect to start side effects now. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> and I'll, I'll check in in about a week or two and see where mm. you're at. <laughs> so we're going to have the same kind of things as we have with uh, prescription drug advertisements. Possible side effects include. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe. 
It's like it's like seasickness pills where one of the uh, side effects is nausea. Right, but, uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you know what you were describing there? I don't remember where this is from, but I'm sure there's a movie or a television show where this happened, where mm. there's a scene and there's, there's one person who's sitting there with, you know, the old remedy for um, a, a swelling bruise is to put meat on the bruise. So he's right. yeah. got this slab of meat on his face, and they're having this conversation. And in the conversation, he finds out that the other person who he's talking with just got beat up by somebody. He hands him the slab of meat and says, here, you need this more than I do. Uh-huh. The other guy slaps <laughs> That's what it sounded like to me. And and I think that's probably what, what happens, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, you've got, it, it, it's it's like the walking wounded helping the walking wounded. <laughs> and, 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 and if you find synergy in that, you, the, you can help each other. <laughs> you can, sure. You can. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It also makes me think. I mean, I, I'm I'm still thinking about this this idea of how do you create this set of exercises. Maybe what you do is you create them with coaches first, because they're the ones who are most interested. Right. They're the, they're the ones who are working with clients all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're the ones to reach out to to say, you know, I, I want to create this series of exercises to help us be better focusers, and I want you to help me to do it. Maybe that's maybe that's where I reach out to. I don't know. All I know is I I just keep coming back to it over and over and over again. If we can develop some kind of method to train our own brains, we can have individuals. Not everybody's going to do this. I, don't get me wrong. I don't think this is going to be something that's going to sweep the world and the entire planet's going to start, right. you know, saying, oh, I've been doing my brain teaser exercises today. <laughs> I mean, you, you even look on, on, uh, in a bookstore or on Amazon or something like that, uh, where you can get brain teaser books or they're like, you know, crossword puzzles or, you know, word anagrams or whatever. Most or people apps. don't even like doing those. Or you can do apps that do that, right? right. See, I like the apps that trick me into getting smarter by making me play a game. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet most people won't even do, do those. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the point is that this isn't a, uh, a fix all. It's not going to fix it for everybody. Right. No, no. And, and, and again, it, it really comes down to what speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Right, because uh, some exercises, some uh, some methodologies are going to work great for some people, and are going to be you, you're get, going to get done the exercise, and you're going to be like, this didn't work at all. Mm, uh, it, that and, can happen. Uh, and and something funny about that too is this this exercise that uh, Nina and I put together that has been working so well with our clients. We sat down and did it ourselves, and. Nina, afterwards, Nina's like, I don't think this is working for me. It almost got us to scrap the idea. Because well, after we were done, we were like, I don't think this is working for us. It, it's like, like out of the movie. It's like out of the secret. Right. You know, the, the guy says, this stuff doesn't work. And then the grass grows down back into the ground again. It's, right. that, it's that phenomenon. You know, right. like, I tried this thing. It didn't work. This whole LOA stuff is a bunch of crap. Throw it out the window. You know, wow. that's what we, that's so often people end up there. Right. I actually but, have a story funny. about the secret. Oh, what's that? They are recreating a movie. They're not doing the documentary style. They're doing it like an actual movie. And, and who is? Uh, Katie Holmes is producing and starring in it. No kidding. Yes. Do we have a release date? Uh, not yet. Not yet. It has not yet gone into production, but this is the the open discussion that's been happening. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, so it, is it an official project or is it yes. still a dis- It is official. Official. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, cool. Once they start hiring actors, that's when it's official. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because then, you, then the the real money's coming out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah those guys don't work for peanuts. No, they sure don't. They sure don't. <laughs> That's interesting, though. That's mm-hmm. fascinating. Is, yeah. is it supposed to be documentary style, or are they turning it into no. a story? No. I think they're turning it into a story. They are. Okay. Mm-hmm. That actually makes sense. I don't think it would make any sense to redo the documentary, but turning it into a story. Yeah. Yeah, that would be like the, the next evolutionary step, I think. I find it ironic because of everything Katie Holmes went through to get out of um, – What's that other church that nobody wants to be in, but only Scientologists? Yeah, Scientologists. So I find that ironic, personally. <laughs> Why is that? Why is that ironic? Because she's she, she was in it, but she was like not really in it. She was like, nah, this um, is not for me. But she was like trying to get out of it. But she was married to to Mr. Cruz. Thank you. My <laughs> <laughs> brain doesn't work this early. And um yeah, Mr. Cruz is all about it. So he was like he was like, You're either with me and you're in here or you gotta go and she was like, I'm escaping now. 
Well, I'll tell you something. Cults, I'll, 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 there are going to be a lot of Scientologists who are going to get really upset at me because I'm going to group them in a cult. But I'll, I'll say to them to kind of calm their nerves. I, I include any kind of, of, of religious type thing like that into the cult category because they're all about trying to get you to think their way. It's got to yeah. be their way. Yeah. Like, oh, as soon as you start talking about their way, I'm sorry, you're in the cult category. You're done. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's probably enough dissing. Let's go uh, to, to a more positive way of saying it. When, when you're in a mindset that is that strong, there, there's a, an interesting, um, I don't want to call it a duality, two-sided, two, two sides of the, of the same coin phenomenon going there. Mm-hmm. Because on the one hand, I really wouldn't want to be a Scientologist. I don't mm-hmm. like what they teach or anything. Mm-hmm. But look at Tom Cruise. Tom mm-hmm. Cruise has really effectively developed his ability to fervently believe in Scientology. Mm-hmm. Talk about focus. Mm-hmm. Focus of attention. I mean, we were talking a few minutes ago about being able to see the color green and imagine that it's red. Right. You know? Well, he can do the same thing with his belief system. He has convinced himself, as have so many other people with so many different kinds of belief systems, mm-hmm. that what he's seeing, what he's thinking about, what he's believing is really true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And other people who are doubters can say, look, the green is green. It's not red. I can tell that it's green. And yeah. he's saying, no, 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 that green is red. Mm-hmm. So there is also, I, I don't want to say this in a way that, that sounds like I'm endorsing cults because I'm not, but there, is, <laughs> but, but there is a positive side to that cult phenomenon. It demonstrates the ability of people to focus and believe that something is there that other people aren't seeing. Mm-hmm. That, that's actually a strength. It is a strength. Yes, I mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. Now, it's even better when we are able to take that strength and apply it the way we would actually prefer to instead of the way somebody else told right. us. Right, because then, because what Scientologists do then is they foster a codependent relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, there, and that's where, you, where it falls apart. Right. Right. But take that component out and replace it with some form of self-independence. Now you're onto something. Now you're onto something, right. Now you're onto something pretty cool. So... I, I just get this feeling that if we can come up with something that doesn't have the codependent aspect to it, mm-hmm. but does have that ability to, to help teach you to to focus on and believe that something is really the way you want it to be, that's that's getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's really getting somewhere. Yeah. Pretty awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I, have, I have an amazing ability to silence a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, back to my other, uh, the other point when I was said that, you know, when we did this exercise, uh, it didn't work for Nina. Mm. And so it was like, okay, now we got to find something else. And, and, you know, we, we came very close to just scrapping the whole idea. And I said, okay, wait a second. Let's, instead of just scrapping the idea, let's try it out on some clients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this is what because they call clinical therapy. No, well it, it was well it was one of these things where, okay, maybe part of the problem is we just understand the nuts and bolts of it too uh, too well. Yeah, you're too you know, close it, to it. Right, right. It, it it's it's not magic when you um when you understand all of the mathematics behind it or you understand Facts. what the process Facts. was, how how it was created. Because, you know, we don't really um share a lot of detail about how it was created when we, when we actually sit down with the client, it's like, okay, you are in a place right now where you're having a whole lot of problems manifesting, even anything, just good feelings. You're having it you're having a trouble even manifesting those positive feelings. That's going to help bring in the good things in your life. So just sit down, relax, listen, and we'll go through this whole, this whole uh, guided meditation and Tell me how you feel afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so we did that with a few clients, and afterwards they're like, "Wow, I feel like all buzzy. I feel I'm in a much better place than I was when I walked in." It's like, "Okay, there's something here. Mm-hmm. We got something here. So um, let's let's keep going with this and see where it takes us." I just had a really strange image in my mind. <laughs> was it the buzzing? Uh, well, kind of, yeah, that kind of cued mm-hmm. it, but it, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't specifically about buzzing. It was more like, it, it was, it was a, it, it's sort of a metaphorical scene mm-hmm. 
that kind of illustrates where we are as a species, as a, right. a race, mm-hmm. um, trying to learn this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And the metaphor was of, of a whole crowd of people who are all blindfolded with their hands out trying to find things. Right. <laughs> That's what it seems like right now. It, it seems like we know that there's something there for us to harness, but we can't see it. We can't feel it. We don't know where it is. And we're just kind of blindly reaching out, trying to find this stuff. And, okay, have I got something here? <laughs> but what's, yeah. what's funny, though, is, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, People weren't even, they had the blindfolds on, but they weren't doing that. They were just reaching out, right? (laughs) They were just going with the flow. So this is an improvement. Actually reaching out for something that you can't find yet is an improvement. (laughs) We do. We're just out here bird box challenging it, you know. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, actually, I think you're on the right track, Alex. What you figured out was you put your ears on and you turned the ears flashing on and you just improved your ability to see because now you're flashing light on everything. (laughs) That's what it is. There it is. (laughs) But yeah, that, that seems to be, I mean, that, I think that's where a lot of research comes from anyway. It comes from just, let's just reach out and see what we can find there. Mm -hmm. There's something, right? Is there a there there, you know? Is there, yeah. Uh, and, and what got Nina on this whole kick in the first place, this, this whole Merkaba thing, is we went to the, um, the American Society of D- Dowsers bookstore. And while I was, cause I was, I was giving some of my books to sell for them. And while she was waiting there for me to do the transaction and whatever, she sees a book on the shelf and she hears this voice in her head that says, buy me, buy me now. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds and rather so she picks it up and she goes over to me. She and she hands it to me and says, "Buy me now." <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we we she buys the book and she sits down. She reads it cover to cover and says, "This is pretty cool stuff." And it was volume one. She's like, "Okay, we got to get volume two. So she mm-hmm. orders volume two online and she mm-hmm. says, "Okay, um, I think we've got something here. Um, I can't see us. And this looks like a good workshop topic." But I can't see us doing all of these exercises that are in this book mm-hmm. with a group of people in two hours because there's just no freaking way we'd even get them close to this. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, the book was written in the late 90s. Energy was a little different then. Let's see if we can incorporate some of this new technology on this older technology and come up with something better. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. We sat down. We We, we, we studied it. We un- we uh, tried to understand it as best we could, and then we incorporated some stuff from the from the dowsing, and we came up with something different. Okay, well, that's how and progress it, happens. And it's, and it's not and it's not to say what we have is perfect. It's probably, and, and in fact, we know it's not perfect because we're still developing. Well, I think that's where uh, the discussions that we've had in the past about perfection come into play, because perfection really isn't something to aim for. What you really want to aim for right. is improvement. Yes, mm-hmm. we're, we're, yes, we're always finding, looking for ways to improve it because right. this all started too with, with, uh, I think I've discussed this on the show before, the healing the, uh, the twin flame within, which is another process that we're doing. And we're like, okay, where do we take this to the next level? And that's mm-hmm. where this is where this came out. So yeah. now when I sit down with a client and they're having relationship issues or whatever, I say, okay, let's first work on healing the twin flame within. And then after we've healed the twin flame within, now let's try and raise your vibration by doing this next exercise. And, and I just drew a connection in my mind. Alex, a few moments ago, you talked about um, how you know there are different apps you can get and so forth that mm-hmm. will train you. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll have you work through their little exercises and, and so forth to improve your ability to focus the way you want to focus or learn how to do kind of, you know, mathematics or whatever. Raise your IQ. Raise your IQ. Yeah. Something along that line. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially very similar to what video game manufacturers do. Mm -hmm. Video game manufacturers, they like the word you use, Bill was level, right? Right. You're at a new level. Well, that's what, what game manufacturers want. They they want to create levels for the player to achieve. So Mm -hmm. you play the game long enough. You're up at level 23. Whoa. I've gotten somewhere. I'm on level mm-hmm. 23. You know, right. what does level 23 mean? Actually, nothing. But in terms of the game, it means something because you've been you know, acquiring these points or getting all this stuff or whatever it is that the game is all about. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're making progress, and that progress right. keeps us going. Yep. So, so, I mean, maybe the game theory people are right. Maybe that's part of what has to be incorporated into mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. Maybe we need to have that kind of level-based um, measurement 
in order to say, yeah, I'm, I'm actually getting somewhere. I, I am developing a skill and that skill is serving me. Right. And actually, uh, I got a funny story with that too. My son for his birthday, we got him a, um, a VR headset for his PlayStation. Ah, mm-hmm. And the, one of the games that comes with it is a game called Beat Saber. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I've mentioned this before where you yep. have these lightsabers and you're cutting beats <clears throat> in this virtual world. Okay. Uh, to this music. And, um, uh, these kids today, um, especially, you know, around my son's age, whatever, are very keyed into the electronic world, the virtual mm-hmm. world. And that's how they connect with their friends. And which was really interesting because the virtual world is very similar to the non-physical world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where you, you know, you're, you're communicating kind of instantly. Mm-hmm. And he went from, uh, when he, First played the game, he was very, very bad at it, you know, couldn't quit, nothing know how to hold the swords and whatever. But within a month, he's now playing levels that are expert plus. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can't play, I, I have a hard enough play, time playing the hard because my brain can't process the visual and the and the muscle coordination to cut the things and whatever. You have no hand eye. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's, yeah. It, and, and I think a lot of people have that issue where they, by the time their, their brain registers, Oh, there is something, there's an object coming towards me that I'm supposed to cut in this direction. Mm. It, it's already past you by the time the, the brain has told the arm to do what it needs to do, especially mm-hmm. on those expert levels where they're coming at you really, really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And but he's able right off the bat just to let go of that um, that limitation, and he's mm-hmm. you know in a very short period of time he's just all over the place, and just he's he's cutting them and and he's and he's clearing these levels. Real, I, I am just blown away when I see that, mm-hmm. and it just it just speaks to his ability to his visualization ability and his ability to let go uh, a lot better than, than us grown-ups can do. Well, well, not just necessarily grown-ups, just it, it demonstrates the ability to let go, to develop the skill mm-hmm. of almost anticipating what's going right. to happen, anticipating what's coming along, getting into that flow. Right. It, it really, I think it demonstrates the ability of the human brain to learn how to reach that next level. Right. Yeah, next you got to be able to adapt. Right, right. The adaptation. Yeah. And, and, and the, the fact that there's, um, music, the, the, the music is with it. You know, the, 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 the beats are to the beat of the music. And, 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 so, and it's a driving kind of music, I'll bet. Right. Oh, yeah. This is all electronic, uh, uh, hip hop type of music. It's, right. so it's, it's very boom, bada boom, bada boom, get you in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So essentially engaging the senses in order to retrain the senses. That, that, is general director. <laughs> I, I know I'm old. <laughs> I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> you're no more old than Alex's. You're, you're no more old than Alex's tied to her mitts. It's literally That's the right. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our things. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly do. Things to let go of. Yeah. But th- yeah, I I really think this is it. This this is the right track. I don't know exactly how to turn this into something I can start using, but boy, oh boy, I mean, the elements of training your brain, of using game theory in order to help yourself get there, of of engaging all the senses to really get yourself into a high vibrational space, like they did in that game because that's what they're doing. They're getting them into a high right. vibrational space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And I would recommend that for people too. For, um, if you, if you can uh, get the, 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 the VR headset, I, I don't recommend getting the ones with the Bluetooth because you don't want that kind of radiation on your brain. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, what we did was we found one that wires directly to the PlayStation. So he doesn't have that EM that all that EMF going into his brain. Cause we, that's, that was our condition. Cause he's wanted a VR headset forever but the only things yeah. that were available for a while were the bluetooth and we're like if it's if it's bluetooth we're not it's we're, it's a dead note for us mm. right because we don't mm-hmm. want that kind of we don't want that emf going through your body like that mm-hmm. so uh when they came up with a wired one for the ps4 we were like okay we can do this one and mm-hmm. uh you know first time i put it on i was like i've been waiting my whole life for a video game like this because mm-hmm. it it helps so much with visualizing yourself 
somewhere where you're not. And you, and they, they're coming up now with, uh, uh, VR meditate, guided meditations mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And I'm so looking forward to just trying that even, even if it's just once There's, to kind of get yourself into that headspace of being somewhere else while you're sitting there being there because I have a hard time visualizing that. I know a lot of other people have a hard time visualizing that because you're like, yeah, okay, I'm in my sunroom. I am doing my thing. And I, I, what I have to be, you know, floating in space and whatever. Uh, I don't know if I can get there, but you know, you put the VR headset on there. You're there, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are there. <laughs> have you guys ever seen or heard of the movie called ready player one? Rugby player one. Ready player one. Oh, ready? I've heard of the game. I've never played it. Yeah, there's a familiar here, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, y'all should definitely watch it. Um, It's basically uh, takes place in the near distant future. Uh, I would say definitely in the twenty somethings. Okay. Um, And and now it's to the point where everyone in the world has has a VR headset and Mm -hmm. all the accessories, and basically no one is even in their real lives. Like they're in the VR world at all times. <laughs> Cause there's this, there's this goal that the, the guy who created the world um, said, you know, if you achieve this goal, you will achieve all the riches I've left behind. So uh-huh. now that's like everyone's trying to be the richest person in the world and trying to get these Easter eggs and all kinds of stuff. But it's kind of cute too. Cause it's like, it's got like nineties pop culture in there somewhere. So it's, it's, um, it was very enjoyable. I actually wasn't my type of movie, but I liked it. And I think it goes with the theme of, you know, being able to visualize things and be, see things that other people don't see and put things together and riddles and how your brain works and all that stuff. So all that's included. So. Yeah, the, 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 sci, the sci-fi uh, series uh, Caprica also did that. Uh, Never all, heard of that. Uh, it was the prequel to Galactica, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the okay. the, the 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it only lasted one season. It wasn't that great, but the uh, mm. the, the the theme was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the idea is people got lost in the virtual world to the point where their consciousness was then. Uh, uh, transferred into these robots that then try to take over the world. <laughs> okay. How, how these things all turn into dystopias. It's amazing. Oh, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's for a story. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it falls into the same category over and over again. Argue for your libertations and they're yours. They're right. right, right. <laughs> That's where it all melts. Their idea of life in the virtual world was just our world in just somewhere else. And yeah. that's not what we're going for here. And, and I think people at the time when they wrote that story and they filmed it, they had a very limited idea of the possibilities of the virtual world. Well, it's probably mm-hmm. fears. They're, they're yes. probably trying to, to illustrate their fears and say, Oh my yeah. God, look where this terrible thing is leading us to. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and in fact, a lot of the dystopian games that are, are in the VR world are not nearly as popular as the right. ones that are more etheric. The ones that are more, you know, uh, the like the Beat Saber game is one of the top uh, uh, most popular games out there in the VR world because of the fact that it is not this dystopian thing. It takes you mm-hmm. to a better, you know, a a higher vibration and yeah. who wants yeah. who wants to feel bad when they're when they're lost in a world here they want to feel good <laughs> i'm going to have to ask my nephew about that my nephew works for electronic arts he works on the madden team so he develops okay. that that madden uh football game every year oh jeez uh, they, they just they just they, they're just releasing their 20 20- i have a friend who's got a bone to pick with your nephew <laughs> Actually, I think my nephew would be willing to hear it, to be perfectly okay. honest. Okay, okay. I'm going to be like, yo, Dre, I got the plug. You want to talk about something? Because he's yeah, like, I'm recording awesome. this. This computer's cheating. It's cheating? Oh, okay. It's cheating, yeah. <laughs> yeah, by all means, pass him along. I'll head him along to Josh and the two of them mm-hmm. have a good conversation. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, I will. But but I think about it, and I imagine to myself, okay, Josh is, is loving what he's doing. He, he loves programming. He mm-hmm. really gets into it. He loves the problem solving and so forth. He was talking about this past weekend because we got to visit with him this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, it's work. And so there is that side of it. And he's not really crazy about that side of it, but there's enough love there that it just keeps him going, keeps him going. Well, yes. 
What happens if somebody like him, and there are a lot of people like him in the video mm-hmm. game industry, what if somebody like him is handed something where they they actually think it's better than what they're working on? Mm. What if they end up with something like the, this Beat Saber thing, right? Yeah. And they say, wow, that Beat Sabers are actually better than what I've got with Madden. Well, they're going to be drawn toward wanting to consider working on the Beat Saber thing. Mm. Right, right. Assuming he feels like all his financial needs are being met and so forth, he might actually consider going to something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's the phenomenon that's going on right now. I, you, you described, Bill, how the dystopian stuff isn't getting the attention. Mm. Right. I think there's a real basic fundamental thing going on there. The fundamental thing being people from an Abraham point of view saying, I don't want this thing anymore. I want that instead. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. So I'm going to take my attention off that. I'm going to put my attention on this thing that I like instead. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool mm-hmm. because what that really means is here's a very clear example of how the human race really is improving. We don't have to actually see the, the raising of the vibration. We know that vibration is increasing just because they're focusing more on what they want. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I like that. So, And before we run out of time, I want to make sure I get our promos in. So let me get that done now. Um, First of all, if you're not yet a subscriber to the podcast, please become one. About 85 to 90% of our listeners are subscribers, but the other 10 to 15, we want you to. So (laughs) first of all, you can find us on all of the different podcast uh, uh, platforms that are out there. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. We're on, I mean, you name it. we're, We're on all of them. We're on Pandora even. We just got on Pandora recently. I didn't tell you guys. Yay! Yeah, we're finally everywhere. We are everywhere. But if you can't find us through your favorite platform, maybe you don't even have a favorite platform because you don't even listen to podcasts. You just happen to, to stumble upon this thing. That's okay. Go to our homepage, LOAToday.net, and you will find at the top of the page instructions on how to use your device to become a subscriber. And then once you become a subscriber, of course, you want to share the fact with others so that they can get their daily doses of happy. And you can also watch us because we live stream these to YouTube as we're recording them. And that's where I always turn it over to Alex because she does our promos about how to connect on YouTube. So how do you connect on YouTube? Well, you go to YouTube, you search LOA Today Podcast Videos, and once you see our smiling faces, you will hit the subscribe button. Next to the subscribe button, there is a little tiny silver bell. You hit that bell and make sure you click always so you will always be notified when we're live. Which is a cool thing. You don't want to miss an episode. And more no. people, pe- people are, I, I tell you, they're sucking up our episodes. I mean, cause mm-hmm. the last few weeks, I mean, I, Louise and I were away. At one point, Louis was away. Linda had something she had to deal with. So instead of getting five episodes a week, we were getting maybe three or four or something like that. And mm-hmm. people were sucking them up. You could just see it in the numbers. Like, oh no, I can't miss my daily dose of happy. So <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, yeah. But you want to be a part of that. And uh, also I want to, uh, before we give our final words on, on the topic here, I want to give each of you guys a chance to talk about what's going on. Alex, anything you want to share about, I don't know, maybe about spoilers or anything else that you want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about the fact that the we the final edit of The Grass is Greener, episode two, is done. Ooh, <laughs> I, I have to read that. I haven't read that. i got to make sure yeah, that, you that's what I do today. Yeah. yeah, all right, yeah. It's been too long for, since the first episode, so... I mean, we knew that was going to happen. We knew it was going well, to take all time. Well, it's vacation time for everybody. It is. So, yeah. It is. Yeah. And plus, and before, and I, before I go, I do want to give a shout out to my cousin who ooh. just started following us and my psychiatrist who is also following us. Fabulous. <laughs> I, actually, I got, I got a shout out to another follower too. Somebody I, I interacted with on uh, Facebook. I responded to something in a Neville group. Mm-hmm. And he responded to me saying, I love your discussions with Cindy Chavez about Neville <laughs> on LOI Today. And his name is Walter. So, hello, Walter. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And you have a Wait, great Wait, is it Walter Driscoll? Oh, I don't remember what the last name was. I don't remember what the last name was. It could have been. He, he did the same thing to me a couple of months ago. He was like, oh, I love your podcast. P.S. You went to high school with my cousin. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. So... Shout so out to the Walter. Walters. All the Walters, thank you so much, and, and congratulations on having the absolute most cool names in the world. And, uh, <laughs> except for Alex. And, thank you. <laughs> and Bill, what, uh, what's going on in your life that people need to know about? Well, uh, if you want to, uh, I'm, I'm always open to new clients. Um, if you want to, uh, if you're thinking about uh, trying out this whole spiritual response therapy thing or raising your vibration or dealing with relationships, feeling stuck in your life, uh, give me a shout out. I uh, can be reached at bill at ninag.com. That's N I N A G E E.com. 
Um, I've got another show coming up. Uh, I'll be doing a speaking engagement and a two-day uh, show in Portland, Maine, the Enlightenment Festival. That's uh, September 28th and 29th. All right. There you go. So thank you guys very much. Thanks for helping to explore this uh, this little idea of mine. I, I don't know where we're going to go with it in the future, but you gave me stuff to think about. So both of you, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thank you to our podcast listeners as well. And we will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>